A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Secure and Secure, hosted by me, Johnny Seifert. This is a celebrity mental health podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or iTunes, click that subscribe button, leave a five-star rating and leave a review. Let's keep spreading the word, it's okay to not be okay. Now let me tell you about my guest today. Today is part of our theatre club here on Skin and Skill, where we talk to our favourite theatre stars treading the West End to talk about the mental health themes that are involved in the arts industry. And at the moment, she's taking the West End by storm as she's currently playing Jovi in Elf the Musical at the Dominion Theatre alongside Emma Dow's Matthew Wolferton and Tom Chambers from Waterloo Road. So to talk about her mental health journey through the theatre industry, I'm delighted to welcome to Skin and Skill, it's Georgina Castle. Hello, Georgina. Hello. How are you, Johnny? All the better for seeing you in the flesh, because... I yeah. saw you last night, Elf the Musical. You were brilliant, and you're just part of my Christmas journey now every single year. I love that. It's become a staple. You've got to go and see Elf to get in the Christmas spirit. It's well, because obviously you know that your boyfriend, Simon Litkin, he had the previous three years at the Hammersmith Apollo doing Nativity in the Musical. So for five years, it's been three years of him, and then two years of you, <laughs> now at Elf. Now we'll see what happens next year. Another Christmas show to tick off the list. <laughs> Do you know what? I love Christmas and I love I love pantomimes, but I love a feel good Christmas show, especially when it's based on a film as well that you all know and love. And you come to it and you're going, I've got this idea in my head of what it's supposed to be because I've seen the film version. You see the musical wizardry of just creating this narrative that has music coming through and just bringing it to life on stage. And it's incredible. Oh, yeah, I love that. I mean, I've actually been really lucky. That's happened a few times because I did Mamma Mia. I've done Dirty Dancing and now Elf. So you get the benefit of an audience coming in just wanting already to have a good time. There's nothing to sort of like prove or fight against. Like everyone's there because they love it already, which is really, really helpful <laughs> and reassuring. But you say you that, out. but do you not think you have something to prove? Because if we take on Mamma Mia, for example, and it's a great example you bring up because Mamma Mia, ditto to Greece, you've got a beginning, middle and end. We know how the film starts. We know where the middle bit is. We know where the end is and we know where all the songs are. And so as an audience, yeah. there's an expectation of, you're going to hit those big moments. Whereas for you, when you're coming to it as an actress going, right, well, I know I need to hit these bits, but with something like Elf, the audience doesn't have that expectation. So I can kind of be a bit more free with the way I come across to the world because there's no expectation. I am who I am and I can be the Jovi of the theatre show, not Jovi from the film. Yeah, I like that. And that is, that's definitely something that you you want to do while also giving people what they're wanting and expecting. And you sort of want to make it, your own 
So it's sometimes hard. And I guess it's a case of you can't always please everyone either, because I think some people want to see an absolute carbon copy and other people are OK with it being your version. So I think you just got to just got to go with your own flow. Try your best to anyway. But it's interesting. The fact that you've done Mamma Mia, you've done Death Dancing. You did nine to five as well, which you didn't mention, but you've done nine to five and you've got you've done yes. else. They're all big West End shows based on musicals, but have been revised for the stage. It's not a carbon copy of that film version. And so when you're coming to an actress and you're going, right, and you're doing your auditions for it, it's like, do I be the Georgina that has the experience of stage knowing how I want the role to come across? Or is it I need to be that version from the film? Because if we look, let's say at Greece again they want the Sandy to be blonde. But we obviously know now Olivia Moore, who's been on this podcast before, isn't blonde. And so suddenly you're changing up the status quo and that means instead of what we're supposed to see in a theatre show as it is. Well, exactly that. And it also depends on the people that you're auditioning for. So it's sometimes it's very easy to overanalyze when you're going in or to audition for a role like this because you can, you know, get too bogged down and, oh, but I don't do this the same or I don't do that the same or I don't look like this or I don't, my energy isn't like that. And that can actually take a real toll because you then end up panicking yourself going in. And actually the best thing to do is just be your unique self and do your version of it. But yeah, it's definitely something that you have to think about. But you went to the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama where they would have told you a certain way to act and to dance and to sing so you could be that triple threat. And so when we look at that knowledge, I'm not telling you to slag off the school, but I know when I've been through the education system and you get told one thing and then you get into the industry and you start finding out who you are, it's the complete opposite. Did you find that the, the tools they taught you there were actually useful for the Georgina who we now know, who's done five big musicals and been on that wrestling stage <laughs> for a couple of years? At Central, it sounds very serious now. It's the Royal Central. The, and the training is very intense. So I, I think that they don't necessarily expect anyone to come out and do like these big happy, clappy, jazz handy, cheery things because the training is quite dark. So actually I, I don't necessarily feel like they sort of prepared us in the right way what I ended up doing. But then the flip side argument of that is that, you know, you've got the emotional capacity and range to sort of do do different things. And if it was up to Central I'd sort of, you'd be sort of rocking back and forth into in a corner, getting into the zone before you go on stage and, as I just told you, actually, before we started recording the podcast, I'm usually just watching I'm a celeb or <laughs> trying to stay calm in my dressing room rather than getting too bogged down in what, what's about to happen. Because it's a change of generation as well. If we think about the teachers and the lecturers and those around us who are educating us, they are people who have been in the industry. And I'm not talking on behalf of your establishment yeah. or my establishment, but people who have been through the industry or people who have all the knowledge but never just quite made it through the industry and so they decided to become a teacher to teach next generation so that they're still kind of involved in it and so through the generation things are different you know if we think about the way you do self-tapes on zoom now you do self-tapes just on an iphone it's very different to being in that audition room where you had that panel in front of you of three people but you're talking directly to yeah it's a completely different mindset taping to going in for an audition and i i don't actually know which one makes me more nervous because both of them both of them have positives and negatives, but like with a self-tape, you have to trust that what you're doing is good enough without that sort of instant feedback of an audience, which I think is so amazing to get when you're on stage or in an audition room, you can sort of feel if it's working or not. Whereas with a tape, you just sort of give it your best and go, 
was that okay out into the ether and then often you never hear again <laughs> well for those that don't know your dad is andrew castle who is brilliant on lbc on a weekend breakfast absolutely brilliant but before that obviously was on gmtv for a decade and so when yeah. you were growing up looking at him and what he was doing and how adaptable he had to be, what were the lessons that you took from watching him and the lessons he taught you to be able to do that? Because you've had to adapt as an actress on stage to be able to have the, the different faculties. Yeah. Actually, the first thing that comes into my mind is his calmness. Like, as you know, when you're sort of, when you're broadcasting or you're on telly or on stage or whatever it is, there are so many things that you're having to take into account, whether it's what camera to look at? Are the audience enjoying it? Is my costume falling apart? Like there, there are so many things. And also you've often got somebody on headphones telling you what to say or advising you. And it's really, really hard to be able to sort of drown some of that out and just stay calm, stay focused and deliver what you need to deliver. I mean, we used to go in when I was little, my sister and I would sometimes sit in the studio, especially if he was interviewing like a big celeb. <laughs> we were allowed to take... The, well the morning off school he snuck us out and we met Zac Efron which was super freaking cool when I was like 16 but we'd sit there with the headphones on and hear what he's listening to while he's trying to present the show and I was like how are you how are you able to concentrate on what's happening but he did it and he does it very well I mean especially in this sort of environment now where you know it's difficult being in the public eye there's a lot it's a sort of whole a more intense pressure about saying the right thing or not saying the wrong thing and and all of that. So I think he does amazingly well. <laughs> How did you find being in the public eye as his child at that time then? So when you're growing up and you're finding out your identity and yet you had your dad on TV every day, but also there were stories about him in the news or let's say he's commentating about the tennis or something happened on GMTV that involved him. How did you find navigating, number one, him being your dad, but also being a broadcaster? I've spoken to Chloe Mady about this many times about her dad, Richard Mady, doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And then also... You as Georgina, the actress who plays these characters, but also has a private life, but has dated, I hope it's okay to say, people also in the public eye. And so suddenly it becomes a public relationship. Yeah. Well, interestingly, I guess when it's when it's you or it's your life, I find it sort of completely bizarre that A, firstly, anyone is interested, but then I sort of, I, I I'm aware that that's naive because I guess it's just part of what comes with with doing what we do but as a kid I'm lucky I don't remember there being bad experiences or many bad experiences associated with my dad sort of being in the public eye apart from Twitter which was hell and I, I feel like you know Twitter is quite a dark space for a lot of people and there's a lot of anger on that platform in particular that was really hard and I would get very angry at people saying things that that they felt and they're entitled they're entitled to feel but when you're 12 and you're reading that your dad is a whatever it's really painful and it's really confusing because you're like but you don't you don't know him so how can you say that so that was something that was weird to navigate and I think my younger sister actually found it maybe harder than I did because she's she has no interest in this sort of part of the world or like being in the public eye but I did so it was a little bit scary sort of going oh this is what it's like but I mean I definitely came into this with my eyes wide open <laughs> do you think that helps though that you had your eyes so wide open because you'd learned from other experiences compared to your compares who hadn't had that who had gone through drama school gone to audition and gone straight in and not had that expectation and also not had that knowledge and experiences of what is it like to have that public profile I think so I think I think it sort of makes you perhaps slightly 
more bitter or more cynical than you should be as like a wide-eyed 19 20 year old something coming into the industry but i'm i'm happy that i knew what the downsides were and what they could be and i mean even when i said to my parents that i wanted to act you know we had long conversations about the rejection that you'll face the instability in terms of well emotional and financial <laughs> geographical you don't know where you're going to be one minute to the next and so no i'm i'm actually really pleased that i knew what the downsides were coming into this i guess you can sort of prepare yourself but without trying to put a massive wall up and going oh, i don't want to let any of it in because it's scary because it's not all scary it's also wonderful which is why i like doing it well, talking about Simon, who we spoke about earlier on, your boyfriend, Simon Lipkin, how have you found yeah. this past year of navigating that relationship, starting a new relationship and going through the dating stage, but also having to go through the audition stage at the same time? So it's like you're not auditioning just for a boyfriend, you're auditioning for a job and you're going through two completely different journeys, which sometimes cross over, sometimes don't. But also then you've got a third strand that he's not just... I don't know, an office broker who does a nine to five who comes home and you know he's always going to be there. He's also going on a third journey. So suddenly you've got three completely different tangents that you're all going on at the same time. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, it is, actually, I found it amazing that we do the same thing because I had an amazing relationship with an amazing person, but this person did not understand our industry at all. Couldn't really understand why you have to stay in one place. And an opportunity came out for sort of me to leave this industry and potentially do something else which might be more financially beneficial and all of that stuff. What was that uh, other job that came up? Well, it was, it's a hard, it's hard to pin down. And I, I won't say the company, but he used, to, he used to run a company and it was an opportunity for me to maybe bring musical theatre into the metaverse or to make it reach more people, which is a wonderful thing in terms of like bringing joy and like introducing more people to the industry but it would have meant sacrificing what I love to do which is being on stage and acting being with Simon and an actor who actually understands the ups and downs of this world has been amazing and actually really really good I'm so excited for having this conversation um because <laughs> you can't ever predict the way a conversation is going to go but what's interesting is I'm really interested in what you think about the fact that you could have gone off to another job. And we always have this conversation. You could have gone to another job that's not in the arts and the media and had a proper salary and know exactly what you're getting paid, when you're getting paid it, and you can go, this is my 12 months plan. I sit there on my calculator probably 90% of the time and I'll probably do it at least six out of the seven days a week going, right, if I do that job and that job and that job, that equals that. Oh, oh, hold on. If I take away that job and then I do that job instead, that gets to that. But then, and I start questioning, well, how much money am I supposed to be on? How much am I supposed to have in savings? How much am I supposed to save on holidays? Yeah. I drive myself mad. I work seven day weeks and I do seven day weeks. Plus I work a lot of evenings as well. I don't really have time off. And so I'm always questioning it. And yet you had that opportunity to go elsewhere and have that money. But you also realize that money isn't everything. And I think it's such an, an amazing lesson to learn. But also when you work in the media and the arts, a lot of my friends can't relate to it, but it's just so special that you can't put a price on the stuff that we do. Yes. Well, that's that's exactly it. You've hit the nail on the head because I there was also sort of no no real argument that I could I could say. And he still he he didn't really understand why I made the choice that I did, which was to stay in this industry, because all of the signs seemed to be pointing the other way. But there's just something that I think is in your gut, 
I just have to do it. I just yeah. love it. And I couldn't imagine, you know, giving it up for anything. So, so I didn't, it did sort of shine the light even more on how unstable this industry can be sometimes. And like you say, you know, you always do the maths and it's like, okay, well, if I accept that job, actually that pays a lot less. So I might not be able to make rent just doing it this month, but can we supplement it with something else? And then, and then next day of phone calls and you're like, great, I'm sorted for the next six months. And then you're out of work for a year. <laughs> so it's like, it's really hard. But so do you amazing. have another business that you do on the side or do you just do straight acting? I used to do a little bit of modeling. And um, but then I got I got too old, and now I do. You've just done that too old. <laughs> I've I seen your I Instagram. Dropped. You've not. <laughs> I've seen that Instagram channel. You're definitely not too old. She's a poser. She's a poser. <laughs> no, they said um yeah, there's no space on their books anymore for someone of my age and size, which was so. I I was like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll see you guys. I feel like I've been lucky in the sense that these things do hurts obviously and I've I've clearly I've remembered it I've had a lot of stuff you know said about the way that I look or my nose I had one casting director say oh darling you're never going to work with a nose like that she she didn't even let me audition but while I'm conscious of it I'm okay Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
you have to be confident in yourself, but also when you're in the theater industry and you've had so many rejections, you've had to build up the resilience for yourself. And so you can't take it to heart. Whereas another person, it's like you get a hundred comments. You'll always remember that one negative comment and that's what will always. hold you back. But you can't do that in your industry because if you do that, you'll never get anywhere. Exactly that. and But I think it's also important to go through the process of sort of feeling down about it. If the rejection comes, I sort of, I like to feel the feeling like, and I'll, I'll feel like intense grief, loss, upset. The world hates me. The industry hates me for however long it is, an hour, a day, and then it passes. But I feel like you have to let these things flow through you. Otherwise it just gets a bit pent up. That's sort of what I found works, works for me so far. Well, like you said, you and Simon are very happy in love, aren't you? Can we say that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. So thinking about that rejection of fame and mind and that big smile you've got for Simon right now, there's an article that's just gone out in the news whilst we've been speaking. And it is, the title is, newly single Matthew Wolfenden cuddles up to co-star on the red carpet in first appearance since his split from Charlie Webb. The pair split after five years of marriage. Emmerdale star Matthew Wolfenden looked very cosy with Georgina Castle as they posed <laughs> on the red carpet. <laughs> now, oh Georgina, God, you know why are you... <laughs> Holding the guy that's playing your partner on the show in front of a press board that has Elf all over it. Please do tell me. <laughs> exactly. Why on earth would I be standing next to my co-star who has now become a friend of mine? You know what? I was expecting this to happen just because last year I ended up falling in love with the guy that I played opposite. And obviously Matt and Charlie have just recently announced their split. So I feel like it's a really <laughs> bit of a cheap, obvious... It's, it's the elf but... curse isn't it forget the strictly curse There's nothing going on strictly this is the elf curse now which is now happening can you tell me um why are you dressed really nicely in white and why are you wearing lipstick and eyeliner for this picture with matthew surely something must be going on between the two of you <laughs> yes well it, exactly that all signs point to we must have been having a terrible terrible horrible affair for, for months and months on end you're right. And I was the only one that had made an effort that night. Nobody else was all dolled up. Just, just me. <laughs> it just makes oh. me love. I can't help it. It's just stupid, isn't it? But you know what? Bless him because it's what an emotional time for him, like to come out of everything that he's going through personally, to leave a job at Emmerdale that he's been doing for 18 years, to then come and do, you know, a whole different medium that he has done before. He started in musicals, but to take on a role of that size. And you know, there's a lot of eyes on it. Like people are watching, it's the big theater as well. So yeah, it's a shame that the focus isn't on his performance, but it's, you know, it, is, it isn't always, is it? People want, want all the goss, but I'm sorry to disappoint that, no, I was there with my boyfriend. <laughs> How are you finding it with Matthew being on stage together, but also as friends navigating through that? Because I know a lot of people who've been divorced and it's horrific and, when you get divorced, you go down to the bottom and it's very hard to pick yourself up. So to do that and to grieve and to mourn, but to then go on stage and be so happy-go-lucky and sing and be bright and be all Christmassy, that's a big change. And then for you as a friend to be witness to that and having to keep someone's spirits up when they don't want to be up is also a challenge as well. That's the thing. And also, I, I mean, I'm genuinely in awe of, of how he does that. Theatre is such a weird... Thing as well you could have somebody not that he's been crying in the wings he hasn't but you can have somebody crying in the wings and then like wiping it away and walking on stage and the whole audience would have no clue what is going on in their life and I feel like you know if you didn't know who Matt Wolfenden was or that they had recently separated then you'd just come to see the show and you'd see a man with 
bundles of energy, like loads of talent, loads of like chutzpah, just smashing it out of the park when actually in terms of his personal life, there's a lot going on. So, I mean, I just think fair play to him, smashing it. So both of us are born three weeks apart from each other. And last year we both turned 30. And it's mm-hmm. that part of your life, especially when you're in the media and the arts, that you start questioning your identity, questioning where you are. And you look back and you go, these are my 20s. This is what I've been building up to. And then you hit 30 and you see everyone around you getting married and having kids. And then you're going, delete, delete, delete off all your social media pages. <laughs> yeah. like, Why do I want to see a baby when I'm going... <laughs> I'm just trying to get a bit more work for tomorrow. And you're going to NCT (laughs) classes and I'm working seven day weeks. How have you found turning 30 and just navigating that stage of your career as well as in your personal life? Actually, it was on my 30th birthday that I ended it with my last partner, who was the one that was potentially going to sort of move my life away from from this. So it was really weirdly significant. Could you not have wasted a day? You yes. literally waited <laughs> no. one more day so you could have had the cake and also got the presents as well. You had to do it on the birthday to to, to, to tell yourself. <laughs> God, I have a tendency to do really dramatic things around my birthday. I don't know if you're the same. I but... do the same thing. I delete yeah. six friends at least on social media every year and it's my birthday because <laughs> they haven't wished me a birthday. I've decided Cut. that that friendship's done. Uh, absolutely. Ah, uh, your school period. Yeah, I am. Maybe I am. I'm a Sc- I've got Scorpio spirit. But a lot of people, like you say, getting engaged and celebrating like big things like having babies. And my sort of big thing was going, no, this is where my heart is. This is what I'm going to carry on doing. And actually this year, as I, you know, just before I turned 31 in December, has sort of just been a year of consolidation of realizing that, no, I've definitely made the right decision. I absolutely love what I do. And I'm happy in this new relationship. And Listen, I know life is full of highs and lows and the lows will will come. But this year, this year has been a good one post, you know, a couple of bad ones for everybody with COVID and, you know, everything that we all sort of collectively went through. Yeah, but (laughs) I think when you turn 30, you kind of get into that mindset of like, I've always seen 30 as such a big number and it's an adult. And I think when I turned 30, it was like a realisation of like, Everything just carries on. No one actually cares about numbers anymore, age anymore. Like, yeah. you can live your yeah. best life. I think I've had a really good year this year because I've just stopped caring and thinking and overthinking about everything. But that is an amazing place to get to, isn't it? To actually, but again, I think it's taken me until this point and I'm probably still working on it and friends will be like, no, you're still a people pleaser. But you get to a point where you just care so much less about mm. the things that don't matter. And it's been really liberating. So I'm all about the 30s. I don't know. Maybe I don't need to get too much older than like 33, but I'm happy with where I am now. Yeah, but being a people pleaser, I think, comes of the industry because you've always had it ingrained in you to impress. You've got to. Always. Do you remember it was like back yeah. in the day? Go and give them a bouquet of flowers. Go and take them chocolates just to say hello, just remind them who you are because that's how we were ingrained of. That's how you get your job. It's not a case of just here's my CV yeah. or here's all my talents. It's who am I going to remember because they gave me the last present. Exactly. It's all the schmoozing and the networking, which I find so awkward. I mean, everybody knows it's happening. So I feel like you're having an interaction with someone and they're aware that you're trying to schmooze them and then they're trying to schmooze you. And it's like, oh, it just, it's so awkward. Yeah, but hold on a minute, because a lot of people won't realise this unless they're in the industry. Everyone is a darling, a mate, and it's a love you bye. You're the best. Can't (laughs) wait to see you again. It's, and yeah. you only seem to find the same things and it's always oh I love you love you oh you're so beautiful you're so beautiful we'll go for a that's drink. how we talk yeah we'll go for a drink beautiful oh you're oh you're amazing oh 
Are you chatting them up? No, that's just how we talk. Oh, wow. no, but I forget that sometimes. And I ended up sort of texting back my um, my doctor the other day with sort of like two kisses. And I'm like, no, wait, I just do it naturally. I'm like, hi, love. Hi, Gorge, babe. Oh, God, we're exhausting. People must, oh, people must hate us. But you're right, because when you talk <laughs> about kissing, most people give one kiss. There isn't a single person in the media that doesn't give three kisses, whether it's man to man, straight man to man, man to female. It, you don't even need to question it. Or you go, it's oh, drink out for dinner. And it's like, is it a date? No, no, no. You're married. I know you're married, but let's still go out for dinner. That's what you do. <laughs> but if I gave one kiss on a text, I think my friends would be like, have I done something to upset you? <laughs> What's wrong? Well, your friends aren't going to think that because they've enjoyed listening or watching to you on Security and Secure Podcast Yay. and me, Johnny Seifert. <laughs> watching on youtube click that subscribe button click that bell so you get notified every time there's a new episode give a thumbs up and leave a review and if you're listening on itunes apple music or spotify click the subscribe button click the five star rating and let's keep spreading the word it's okay to not be okay if you love your theater jay from the s cup juniors was on recently to talk about back to the future he's in diana the musical on the 4th of december at the hammersmith apollo where simon lipkin played in nativity for all those years go and check him out on that episode and olivia moore just finished her run in greece at the dominion theater and there's loads of other episodes the people from Married at first sight love island tarry made in chelsea all spreading the word it's okay to not be okay to talk about their mental health journeys on social media at Johnny Seafoot 92 on TikTok on Instagram at Johnny Seafoot at Skidin Skid Podcast and on Twitter at Johnny Seafoot I'd give Georgina's handle out for TikTok but even though she's 30 and even though she's in the acting industry she hasn't got TikTok I haven't got one yeah, failed I know failed I'm Johnny Seafoot thanks so much for watching or listening until next time thank you and goodbye deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.